organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 901 of The Right Hour. This season, we are going to help you with social media. Each episode, we're going to talk about a different platform. Many writers dread the growing of a social media following, but you're going to love today's guest, who lives in tomorrow in the land down under, Keith Keller. If you live in the U.S., Australia is 16 hours ahead of the East Coast, so most of the time, they are living in tomorrow while we are still in today. We just met Keith about six weeks ago, and he has taught Sherilyn and me so much about how to help writers utilize Twitter. I used to post and run on Twitter. I didn't hang out there long because I didn't understand the best way to utilize the platform. Keith is well-known internationally for his knowledge of the Twitter marketing strategies, and he's constantly experimenting with other online platforms as well. He has now appeared on radio shows, podcasts, webinars, and live streams around the world, and is considered by many in the industry to be one of the leading authorities on Twitter marketing. His regular tweets are a testament to his passion for sharing the latest information about Twitter as well as other social media platforms, and he certainly has an ever-growing list of success stories to share. Keith is equally comfortable on both sides of the microphone and is exploring video production as his new medium for interviewing with others and sharing the latest trends in marketing. So let's get tweeting. Well, I am excited today. We have a special guest, and unfortunately, Sherilyn can't be with us. She's not feeling well today, but you'll hear from her later. Today, we have Keith Keller from The Land Down Under. He is already in tomorrow, so this is always exciting. They're 16 hours ahead, right, Keith? Yeah, it's already tomorrow at about 10 a.m. in the morning. Yes, and it's 5.30 on the East Coast here in the U.S. So if that boggles your brain that we're on two different continents, two different time zones, all kinds of interesting, and two different days. <laughs> so it, it blows my little time challenge brain about all that. But anyways, well, Keith, I know that we have been working together the past couple of weeks on some amazing things with Twitter. You've taught me so much about Twitter, so I can't wait for you to share with our guests about mm-hmm. Twitter. So tell us how to a little bit about you and how you became the Twitter expert. And we also know you wrote a book as well about cracking the Twitter code. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that and about your journey to becoming a Twitter expert. Well, um, like many other people, I had a job in the city and I worked for 20 years in the corporate world in the city, which I hated. Mm-hmm. We've all done this. We've had jobs in the city because we had bills to pay. Right. And um, about on my 40th birthday, I hit the wall. I hit the wall and said, you know what, I just can't do this nine to five and two days off thing anymore. I can't do, I don't want that life. Right. So it was a lifestyle choice. I don't want this life. Right. I work in the city in a job I hate and I have two days to catch up and be myself. And I didn't think that was a fair ratio. And I know this resonates with a lot of people that we know, that the corporate life sucks you dry. Mm -hmm. You know, the best part of you has gone away to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I just plucked up the courage on my 40th birthday and I said, you know what, I I can't do this anymore. And I didn't really have a plan. I've got to be completely honest, I didn't have a plan, but I knew I was miserable. So we'd sort of paid off a bit of the house and we took a risk. And I went back to uni and I became a career counsellor because mm-hmm. someone had said, mate, if you've been working for 20 years and you hate your job, I bet you've got lots of stories that you can share <laughs> with people that hate their jobs. Right. And I, for, very many, for about five years I was a career change coach. I helped people who hated their jobs change jobs because I'd done it. Mm-hmm. So they, there was a little a level of respect there, a level of authenticity. Right. But what really changed things for me, me was when I decided that instead of going into the city and going to meetups and meeting people in real life to do my coaching, mm-hmm. when I decided to do a radio show on the internet 
2008. When when that button in my brain went off and I said, you know what, I can create a radio show and reach thousands of people as opposed to going in the city to talk to four people in a room. When I did that, the whole world changed for me, the whole world, because Mm. I work from home an hour from the city. I create this content in my office and it goes out into the world and thousands of people benefit simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's easier for me to do and more people benefit. Right. So it's like this absolute double whammy. I was going into the city and doing these speaking gigs and there were seven people in the room and mm-hmm. those seven people did benefit and that's great. But I would come home and do a radio show on the internet and 1,800 people would what listen to it in one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking it was about one-tenth of the effort <laughs> exactly. and about 100 times more powerful. And I'm thinking it's such a no-brainer to me. I enjoyed doing it. More people watched it or listened to it or benefited from it. Right. So everyone wins. Right. So in 2008, I really created this line in the sand to say, look, I'm going to perfect this online thing. And I got a lot of criticism from people in the real world saying, mate, we need you to come to these speaking gigs. I know there's only seven people there, but we need your brilliance in the room. I said, man, it's an hour to get there. And there's only seven people in the room. It's not worth my time. I had to be very brutal. And an hour or two there. So that's what, four hours? And And it was very emotionally draining. Right. And, and granted, the seven people in the room did benefit, and I and I apologise to those seven people who didn't get my wisdom that day. But eighteen hundred people mm-hmm. benefited from my wisdom by being online. Exactly. And I and so I'm all about sort of this uh, the multiplicity, if you like. You know, right. I, I have one guy, and I've got a message, and I only have so many hours in the day, and more importantly, so much emotional energy. Right, because I'm really into what I do, and it takes a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. It's not—it's not, it's not refreshing, if that's the right word. It, you, you reach a point of saturation. Right. So, what what happened to me in 2008, between 2008 and 2010, when I did this radio show, and kudos to Blog Talk Radio for that, because it's still going. It's just a great system, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I got my start. So, shout out to them. I said, okay, I've got this radio show and I'm in, I'm in, I'm here, I'm in Melbourne. And how do I get the word out? Mm-hmm. So I'm an experimenter. So I tried everything. I can tell you for sure. I tried LinkedIn. <laughs> I tried Facebook. I tried YouTube. I tried putting a, like an audio on top of a YouTube video and sending it out. I tried Pinterest. I tried Google Plus. Remember Google Plus at that time? Was oh, called, yeah. Remember that. Google Buzz at that time or even Google Wave. They had, had three goes at it. You know, I tried all of them. And I, I did the stats, which is a very important part. Mm-hmm. And I thought, look, the same amount of effort went into Twitter as went into LinkedIn, and I got three times more benefit from Twitter. Let's try that again. Right. And I did it again. Same experiment. This is a thing. I put something on LinkedIn, nothing. I put something on Twitter, bang. All right, I, I get it. I'm, I'm doing the real work. I'm doing the experiments in real life. Right. This is same material on two platforms at the same time and boom Twitter just took off right so a light bulb went off in my brain and I said well if this is working why don't I just perfect it why don't I just get really good at it and then people came back to me and says mate can you write a book about that can you can you do a podcast about that can you can you come and speak about that yep because I'm doing it, I'm, and I'm all about that. I'm all about doing it. I'm all about authenticity. I'm, I'm not going to teach you anything I've never tried myself. So I was doing it. I was getting results, and people were saying, can you teach me to do that? Yeah, I can do that. So suddenly I was doing something I really loved, and I was teaching other people to do it too. And right. it was like this glorious circle, wasn't it? I was doing it. People right. were benefiting. I was paying my mortgage. Everyone wins. Exactly. And so the book came out as a result of a podcast we did called Crack the Twitter Code. A friend of mine actually in Sedona, Arizona, a friend oh. of mine, Laura Gisborne, just a big hello to my friend Laura Gisborne in Sedona, Arizona. She goes, Keith, I really like the title Crack the Twitter Code with Keith Keller. Can you, can you do a podcast about that? Crack the Twitter Code with Keith Keller. I said, oh, there's a bit of onomatopoeia. 
sounds um, very German. <laughs> well, I am. I am a German, actually. Uh, my heritage is German, so that Mine actually makes too. sense. Yeah, so I'm, from, I'm from a very small town in Germany, not so small, called Darmstadt, which is near Frankfurt. Long time ago, 150 years. But uh, anyway, so when my friend said that, I took on that challenge in 2014 and I made a podcast, 10 parts. Mm-hmm. And my friend Anne-Marie, who I'd done the radio show with, she interviewed me and we basically pulled apart Twitter, what I'd learned so far, cracked the Twitter code. And the analogy I use is this movie called Avatar, which is six light years away at, um, you know, the speed of light. You have to sleep for six years to get there. And when you get there, the animals are really scary and you can't breathe the air. And so you've got a team of people on the ground helping you because you have to have a team, right? So you arrive in this planet called Twitter and you have no idea what's going on. So I've written a book about that. And the book itself, and this is a good hack, the book itself is basically a transcript of the podcast. Right. And so then- I didn't write it. I didn't sit down, sit down on my desk and write. <laughs> I just transcribed my words. And you can do that with a really cool hack at the moment called Otter, otter.ai. Mm-hmm. Otter so, and Descript both do that, yes. Yeah. That's right. And it's, it's a great hack. It's a great way of getting your word out. So I had a message and people were asking me to share it, and I did. Mm-hmm. Everyone wins. Definitely. And that's a great point you bring up. I love about how some people are more verbal. I've got a lady I'm working with now. She prefers to record her thoughts and then she will have them transcribed and and then type them out and I, I help her edit it. And that process for some people helps them much better. I'm yeah. more visual. I want to see it and process it that way, then if you just, like my husband, he's had to learn, do not tell me directions somewhere, text them to me, write them down. And if I see them, I'll remember and figure it out. But if if you tell me, you know, you go up there, you make a left and then you go right. And then you get on this road and you go there. You've lost me after about the second turn. Because it's (laughs) not the way you process the world. Right. Right. And so that's, you know, and I and I get that the same thing for writing, like you said, you transcribe it and pretty it up for book format. And that's a great hack, like you said, to do that. And for some people, that's the best way to do that. Yeah. And that's a great lead because that's what we're doing. I mean, the right. reason we're now working together is because I did a podcast in 2015 called Twitter Write. Mm-hmm. 2015 version. We're now doing the 2020 version. Sherilyn came to me and said, "Look, uh, this this is good. Can we can we update it with all the new goodies like video and gyps and all these new things that are happening? I, I think it'd be good to do a new version, which we're doing. Right. Six, a lot's six, happened six. in five years. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so, and th- that will turn that doubtlessly into a transcribed book for people who prefer to read it. Right. Yeah. Right." Right, the essence of the idea is that I like to talk, which is obviously quite uh, you know, <laughs> potent and uh, quite evident now, and someone will transcribe that and put my words in paper. But don't ask me to type because it slows me down. It slows my brain down, you know. So I've just learned what works for me, and, and, and that's, the, that's the hack in itself, isn't it? Work what right. you Use what works for you. Exactly, because different personalities like and different gifts, You there's different ways that you can, like you said, process and do that. So I lo- do love that. Well, you have been recognized as one of the top people in the world uh, to follow on Twitter and for social media, marketing, the sales. Tell us a little bit about what is your secret? How did you do all this and become one of the top people in the world? I'm, I'm very proud to say that I'm actually currently number 17 in the world for digital marketing and uh, right. I, I often appear on various lists. And I, I, a couple of things happen. One, and this is a, a sort of a silver lining moment, I, like everyone else in the world, is overwhelmed by the choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TikTok just came out. There's a new one called Byte. People are talking about Instagram stories. You can use Pinterest. You can use LinkedIn. You can go LinkedIn Live. You can use StreamYard. And it blew my head apart trying to keep up. Oh, so yeah. I had this moment 
I had this moment in 2010, and I can thank Brian Tracy for this, Brian Tracy, who's a really cool speaker. Mm-hmm. He said, look, I want you to do this experiment this week, and I want you to ask yourself, and we can all do this experiment, what do you want to be world famous at? Right. You can learn to bat and bowl or pitch and bat if you want to use a baseball analogy. Mm-hmm. You can throw and defend. You know, quarterbacks don't tackle, right? They throw the ball. You know, quarterbacks don't tackle, they throw, right? right? So I decided I'm going to do one thing, but I'm going to get really, really good. That's the secret. Exactly. I'm going to get really, 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 really good at one thing, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get distracted by all of these new things. TikTok's just come out and everyone's talking about it. Good. I understand that it's there and I'll get to it one day, maybe. Maybe yeah. I won't. That's my whole feeling on the matter too because, like, Snapchat came out and – I can't say a sentence in 10 seconds, much less <laughs> do a video, you know. So I didn't, other than making little clips and putting them together, I, Snapchat is useless to me. But it works for some people. Right. So right. what I did was, I, as I did with the radio show, I tried everything with a, with a real openness. And this is really the hack. This is mm-hmm. really the secret. Right at the beginning, I tried everything with real openness. Mm-hmm. knowing full well that I would decide on a formula. Right. And I tried Snapchat. I don't like it. Right. You know, I personally don't like Instagram. I might be the only one in the world that's game enough to say that. I personally don't like Instagram. But no, you're it's not. very popular. I, you know? there's, yeah, there's things I like about it and things I don't. But Facebook, and now that you've taught me Twitter and LinkedIn, are my, my top three. I'm on Instagram. I hang out there some. But it's not like when I wake up in the morning, it's like I'm usually like Facebook first, Twitter, or vice versa. Those are the ones that I will gravitate to first. So I get it. And everybody has their preferences. And that is the secret. You try everything with a sense of openness. Mm -hmm. Then decide and honor the fact that we are powerful but we're not limitless in the sense right. that there's only 24 hours in the day. We do need to sleep. We want to spend time with our kids or our wife or our and family. And shower and, and all those go things. <laughs> you want to watch TV. So I don't want to spend 24-7 on, on my phone. I don't. In right. what people think when they see me. I, I know I watch a bit of TV. I sleep. I eat. I like cooking. I cook most of the meals. Uh, you know, I like to spend weekends at the beach. So I decided that I was going to become, and this was the hack. Brian Tracy said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be in the top 1% in the world on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I decided this in 2010. And now I can say that I'm in the top 100 people in the world right. on Twitter. So I, I've, ma- I've made the effort. I did the work. Mm-hmm. I was, I had the blinkers on, if you like. I was able to say, look, that's a distraction. I, I'll get to that later or not. Right. Don't, don't get him away. And I had the focus. That's mm-hmm. a really quick, that's a really key a secret. Mm-hmm. I had the focus. I know where I'm heading here. I'm going for number one or in the top 1%. I'm number 17. Mm-hmm. And my goal, I can say this now in February 2020, my goal is to be in the top 10 by 10 10 2020. I mean, I can't my goal last year was to be in the top 20 by 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I make little songs about this and run around the house singing little ditties. <laughs> top 20 by 2020, top 20 by 2020. Now I'm going to be in the top 10 by 1010. There you and go. The top 10 by 1010. And, for those and if I make it, know, you now have, you know why. Yes. And for those that don't know, you do have a m- music background, so that's why he likes to sing too. So <laughs> there's all kinds of treasures hidden over there in the down under with you. Yeah, but, there is. Well, tell us uh, what is a common mistake writers make while marketing on social media? Because as we, you know, we just even just this week, we had, uh, I came across a Twitter that a lady, like she was ready to slit her wrist trying to figure out marketing <laughs> for to sell her book. And I get it. it can, when you first come to it and you've written a book and that's what you focused on, and then you go to the marketing, you're like, whoa, buddy, this is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Look, I think a really interesting analogy for marketing is the, you know, the continent of Europe. Mm-hmm. If you went to Germany and started speaking Polish, you know, 
you'd be very lucky to get a coffee or even know where the toilet was. Mm-hmm. Right? So each individual site is like a country in Europe. And Europe's a good yeah. example because each country is different, right? Very different. So you could probably get away with speaking French. You might get away with speaking English. You're not likely to speak Hungarian in Germany. You might. Mm-hmm. You, you're not likely to speak Russian in uh, Portugal. Right. So social media is like a different country for every site. Twitter is a country mm-hmm. and there's a particular language with Twitter. So if you decide that you want to use Twitter, use that language when you're on Twitter to answer right. your question. The biggest challenge and the biggest uh, mistake that people make is they make one post one time and they think they can simply replicate that exact same language and that exact same format and that exact same size on every platform. Sure, Square Videos work on Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. but Instagram and Twitter are very different as a sort of a mindset. Right. So, and I know that the biggest challenge there is that it's time. Okay, mm-hmm. I, want, I want to make one post that works on every platform and works equally well everywhere. Well, that's just not the world that we live in. But, Kate, why not? I mean, I, mean, I just... Yeah, why not? Why the world speaks English and uses the US, US dollar. I mean, that's a, that's a good hack, isn't it? The world speaks English and uses the US dollar. That's, that's a good hack. Mm-hmm. But you can go to some countries that don't speak English and that right. won't accept the US dollar. Right. Not many, but some. And you can, you can have real challenges because I've travelled quite a lot. You can have real challenges as some country with English. Can you believe it? Not everyone in the world speaks English. Not everyone in the world's on Twitter. So the biggest challenge, and I really want you to, I really want you to think on this really hard. When you run a site that you've decided to use, use that language. Right. Take a little bit of time to play the LinkedIn game if you're on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a different game than Facebook. LinkedIn is not Facebook. Right. Instagram is not TikTok. Right. Snapchat is not Pinterest. Right. So when you're on Snapchat, if you're using it, then use it in the context and the spirit of that format because the people that love it, this is a very important point, the people that love Snapchat love it for the reasons that it has what it has. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be spammed at using some sort of random LinkedIn post. They they love the people that love TikTok or love Snapchat or love Bitmoji, for instance, is a really mm-hmm. cool site. Like they like it because it is what it is. Right. So and when you're in Bitmoji, go into the spirit of Bitmoji and try and you know morph into that. Do you use Bitmoji? No, actually, I haven't. You, know you heard of it? Yeah. I've heard of it, but I haven't used it in a while. So Bitmoji and Snapchat are brothers and, you know, they sort of work together now. They've got a little bit of a sort of a tag team going. So you can say, Happy New Year, and your face appears in the cartoon mm-hmm. with uh, with some sort of random image. Right. And uh, that's a thing. So when you're in that thing, be in that spirit. Right. And the biggest challenge, and this is possibly relates to the person who wanted to get the razor blades out, you know, you, you get overwhelmed by the fact that there's so many different ones. Don't do them all. I was just about to say that. Continue. Don't do them all. Just, you know, there's this myth that you've got to be everywhere. You don't. You can't. You just can't. No. And what I had always heard is pick one or two, learn them really well, use them for, you know, three, six months, eight months, whatever, and then pick up one more. That's right. Feel comfortable. And then just, and then pick up one more. And, you know, like for me, like I said, I'm not everywhere all the time, but I've got things that I do certain places. Um, And I do use Meet Edgar to help with Facebook and LinkedIn. But I'm also posting organically every day on Facebook. Um, Not always on LinkedIn every day, but most days. And Twitter, I'm more organically posting too, because I don't, Twitter is not fond of the third-party apps as well, and they, they've limited now. Like before, I could put a Twitter post in MediaGur and tell it to, you know, re- replicate that post later on. Now you have to have variations. You cannot replicate the same exact post. You have to have tweak a word or two, take something out, add something in, whatever. 
And yeah, so, doesn't work on Twitter, does it? No. So you have to think about it. And that's, I guess that's where my frustration is, as I understand, is each one has its own strategy and you need to learn those strategies. And it is time consuming and tiring. But I love how Keith has simplified it for me. And it's like, oh, the light bulbs yeah. went off. And yeah. I was just telling him before we started recording, I've added 124 followers since last Monday. Um, just doing some of the little tips and I'm not spending tons of hours on there, like 15, 20 minutes. I think one day I spent 30 minutes because I was looking for authors and I added them to a list um, because I want to compile some lists where I can go find my peeps, you know, and I can go, go out there and hang with them. And so that's a way to do it. But so I, that's how definitely, you know, and Twitter is definitely a good source to start with. My two favorites, like I said, are Twitter and Facebook with LinkedIn being like a a close third. And then Instagram is down there and I don't do anything on Pinterest. It's just, it may be behoove me. I don't know. But right now with everything else going on in my life, I don't have time for it. So I've chosen, these are the ones that I'm working on. And it's like anything, anything that you nurture and cultivate is going to come back to you. So what are some traits of a social media influencer like you? Okay, so you've, you've mentioned a couple of things there, social media influence. That, that's a f- key phrase, a key, a key word that people are sort of starting to uh, bandy around and some people are even starting to call themselves social media influencers. Um, look, the, the, the true definition of influence is that you do something and people react. Mm-hmm. So if I tweeted something, and no one retweeted it, I would be very hard-pressed to call myself an influencer because I haven't influenced anyone. (laughs) I didn't inspire them to act. Right. So um, there's a couple of traits of a social media influence. One of them have big numbers by themselves, and that in itself looks good on paper. But if no one is reacting to them, they're not really influential. Right. Yeah. So... The word social media influence, influence is a little bit of a hot topic but also a little bit of a power play, a little bit overstated. Mm-hmm. So social media influencers have the ability to move the needle. Right. Uh, here's a cool app that I like. Why don't you download it? And then suddenly 100,000 people download it. That's influence. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got 10 million followers. I just invented a book, wrote a book. Nobody buys it. That's not social media influence. In spite no. of the fact you might have two million followers, no one's buying your stuff. Right. Right. So, so it's about action. Can you inspire? And you, you're all about inspiration. Right. We have we have friends that are leaders, that are speakers, that are podcasters, and they're all they're all designed to influence people in a positive direction. Think mm-hmm. better, be better to each other. Let's think about the planet more. Let's think about the animals more. Let's think about people more. And we move the needle. Right. Say something, we write something, we we make something and people react. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that definition? Definitely, definitely. Because the people that are influenced, like you said, they are that I have admired and follow are people that have helped me, you know, either with my business or my personal life or, you know, something as simple as organization of my home. Like I'm in a... Group for it's called Step and it's about organizing your home, but it's so much more. It's funny when you start that one step process, it actually then spilled over to my health, wanting to exercise because I got I had the space freed up that you can tell now. But <laughs> Keith is, can see the mess behind me on my desk that I've been. Have avoiding for the past couple of weeks because of working on a webinar and other things, but but it, that's the way it works. Is they help you in some way mm. and to inspire a change in your life or to do something differently. That then in turn you can also turn around and help people or it just makes your life better because you know if you have more time or more energy or your house stays cleaned up and your family's happier because they can find things and you're paying bills on time and you're signing forms on time and the kids aren't going, mommy, you didn't, 
sign this form. I didn't get to go on the field trip, you know, because <laughs> you forgot about it. Then that's a difference. You're making a difference in people's lives. And that's the whole point is being an influencer is making a difference in people's lives, whether it's a small change or a big change or just a yeah. aha yeah. moment of, yeah. oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. And you and I both hang out with those people. That's the, right. the, the people that, that they are our family. They right. Are our, we want to hang out with more of them. Right. Yeah. I want to be with people of value and substance, not just out for the mighty dollar and for fame, fortune, whatever. And in general, most people that I run across, that they are a people of substance because that's the people I'm attracted to, too. Yeah. And I'm sure you're the same way. We, we want somebody who has um, some values and who speaks up for something and really has passion about something. And that's probably why we connect so well. You're very passionate about Twitter. I'm very passionate about writing. And so is Sherilyn. And we, we work together very well because it's a complimenting um, relationship. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, well, let, let's pick up on a recent example and we'll sort of slightly date this, but it's a really important one to say. Mm-hmm. On weekend, we had a concert here for the fires. Oh, yeah. This is a very good example of social media influence. Mm-hmm. I'm not claiming any credit for this because there's about a zillion people involved. I was just one of a big team. Right. We had massive fires here in January. Most of the world knows that and we were suffering. Mm-hmm. So one guy, a series of people said, you know what, why don't we create a concert mm-hmm. and we'll just get who's ever in Australia at the time to sing for free two or three songs. Alice mm-hmm. Cooper, uh, John Farnham, who's famous here, Queen mm-hmm. sang, Olivia Newton-John sang, all, right. all these uh, Katie Lang sang. Mm-hmm. And so they had this concert in the city of Sydney, mm-hmm. 70,000 people went to the concert. It was televised on the television uh, on Channel 7 and we raised $9 million. Wow. And that was all now, that's, social media influence, right? That's moving the needle, isn't it? Yeah. Sure, it was on the telly and that, that helped. It was on the television, which is a traditional format. Right. But we got moving on it from like middle of January. Within a month we had a concert with all these great people who mm-hmm. were in Australia anyway. Some people actually came special. Mm-hmm because they love the idea so much. We had this concert. I didn't, I'm not claiming credit for this. I'm just using the example of what we can do collectively as a community. Right. And the concert was on a Sunday afternoon and on 6 o'clock I created this hashtag 10 million by 10 p.m. just for fun, 10 million by 10 p.m. I was actually on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I went out to this really funky music and I thought, oh, I don't think that might work. So at, at 6 p.m. we had 6 million. Mm-hmm. I thought by 10 p.m. we could get to 10 million. Mm-hmm. So... At, 10, at 6 o'clock, we threw out this hashtag, 10 million by 10 p.m. Let's go. Let's see if we can do it. Let's, let's have fun. You're getting all this free music. Let's do it. Let's give us 10 bucks. Right. So, you know, the people on the telly were giving the number out and the bands were saying, look, uh, I know you've enjoyed this music. Can you just jump on the phone and give us $50? You know, this is going to go and save the koalas or help people rebuild their houses. And then at 10 o'clock when we didn't reach 10 million, I, I changed the hashtag to 10 million by closing time because mm-hmm. it was still about an hour to go. So then we were saying, okay, look, we didn't reach 10 million, but let's see if we can do it. And we got to 9 million. And sure, we didn't reach the 10 million, but that's $9 million that's that are going to go to needy people who have right. lost their house or to help rebuild the koala population because they're decimated, or help reforest the the land, Mm -hmm. or help build up the the supplies that the firefighters need. They need trucks and equipment again. So that's influence. A month ago no one had thought of this and then someone had the idea and we did it. We collectively, Australia in general, that's the power that you're talking about that you can have on Twitter isn't necessarily $9 million, but the collective power of working together, and we've been talking about this some too, is, okay, Keith has 54,000 followers. 58,000 today. 58,000 followers, okay? And he has some friends with 300,000 and 50 and 75 and all that. So if I, and Keith has actually been doing this some for me, give... Keith, a tweet to retweet or to share with his followers. 
and then one of his followers picks it up, collectively then you can actually end up with millions of people viewing one little tweet from me who does not have 50,000 followers. Yeah, and to pick up on that exact story, I have 58,000 followers and you have at the moment about 3,000 followers. Right. So collectively we have a power of about 60,000 followers in the world. Mm-hmm. But my, my, my tweets in January, because I use it and we'll talk about it, this tweets map, right. my favourite site in the world, my tweets reach 11.6 million people in January. Mm-hmm. And I think 77 countries. So yeah. um, because I'm using this analogy that we are a family, that we are a community and that we're all helping each other and we want to hang out with people that help each other, we want to hang out with those people. Mm-hmm. All of my mates got together in January and said, look, this is good stuff, Pete. I'll help you. Of course we need to raise money for Australia. Yes, of course, I'll help you. And 11.6 million people saw my tweets about the fires and about all that we're doing and about our little podcast series that we're creating and about your cool webinar. Mm -hmm. And all of that goodwill comes from this, this heart that, look, you know, we're all busy and let's just get on with it. But let's find some time to help each other. And I, I, as I said, I, this is the community I want to build. Right. And that's exactly what Cheryl and I want. I mean, and part of why with what I've, you've taught me, I'm connecting with other writers on Twitter for that same reason, to encourage, to lift up, to enjoy, yeah. you know, each yeah. other. Um, there's one lady that I love her post every day. There's just something hilarious that she's posting and I'm retweeting it every day. And, and she asked some really cool questions to get engagement. I'm like, ah, we need to think of some questions like that because that's the whole point of it. And that's how you build community as through the engagement. And, you know, because you've taught me the Twitter strategies, Twitter makes so much more sense to me now that I, and now that it makes sense to me, I actually enjoy getting on there. Whereas mm. before it was like, oh dear God, what's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. and, and like you've said, it moves really fast. And, you know, my little finite brain can't keep up with all that. And, and then, you know, if you get one of those like political posts or religious posts, and the, the comments are like six miles long. I can't keep up with who's responding to who, where. And so that's where I understand a lot of people get frustration. So if you learn the strategies and understand like what you're teaching us, then that's what really helps. Do and that's have- where tools help. And you, you mentioned Meet Edgar. Tell me about how you're using Meet Edgar, and then I'll, I'll talk about Tweets Map, which is my favorite site on in the Twitterverse. Meet Edgar, what it does for Facebook and LinkedIn, because like I said, I don't. It, it will go to um, Instagram and Twitter, but because it's to me, it's just easier to handle Twitter by itself than to actually go in there. I can go and post on Twitter quicker than I can just go load it in Meet Edgar. But what I love about me Edgar for Facebook and LinkedIn is I can put my podcast post in there and any other quotes and that kind of thing. And they will pop up. I, they post a couple different times. I schedule them at different times. Hey, at mm. 9 a.m. on Monday, post on my page on Facebook. At 1 p.m. on Tuesday, post on in the group this post. And then you have a library built up and it will just pull from that library and you tell it, you know, I want you to pull from this library at this time and this library at this time. So like if I had special promotional posts, I could schedule those at different times. If I have like just quotes, inspirational quotes, because I think that's one point I had it set up like that where inspirational quotes went out on certain days, certain times of the week. And then um, my podcast posts went out at different times. So then that keeps my my feed and my business pages active. But what I have realized, you still need to go in there, and that's what's helped with engagement, go in there and do some actual posts on the page too, not just from Meet Edgar. And that also helps your engagement because you want to be start conversations. And that's the whole thing with social media that I'm – that has really kind of come to a head for me lately is start conversations. People, yeah. so people, you can connect with people. How can you help someone else? 
Because at some point you're going to want help. You don't just go charging into social media and go, I have a book world and hey, can you share it? And if you do that, you're going to get everybody going, nice to see you. Bye. Because you've, you've done nothing for them. You haven't connected with them. You haven't helped them. And until you do that, you're losing out. And so it's always, hey, what are you working on? How can I support you? And like today on Twitter, I've connected with someone who's written a children's book. And it was birthed from his own need. His little girl loves St. Patrick's Day. And he said, but all the stories about leprechauns are like a drunk old men or little boys. He said, there's nothing about little girls and leprechauns. And so he's written this book about with a little girl as a leprechaun as the main character. And I love that. He saw a need and he's filling it because of something that he, for his daughter, which is how most things are birthed. They, you know, something that you want or somebody, you know, wants and you create it and then you do it. And, um, and so he's shared it with me. I'm going to be sharing it. I've shared the post today about it and I'll be sharing it again when he releases the book. Cause right now he, you can get the, um, PDF format from somewhere. And, but then, um, he, the actual book will be later ready later on in the month. It's just neat. So when you can go out there with the attitude of how can I serve, how can I start a conversation? Then social media becomes interesting. It lights up, doesn't it, when you realize that that's the essence. Yes. So then when you're helping others, and then it's time for your book, and if you've helped all these people, it's a quick no-brainer for them to go, hey, do you mind sharing my post about my book? Sure. I'll do it in a minute. Boom. Done. And you've got people out there, you know, helping you. So it's, and that's essentially what you, from what I understand, how you have built your following, correct? That is the secret. And let me just quickly, I know you've got a series of questions, but I just want to quickly give a shout out to Hoops Map. So Meet Edgar is a really great site. There's a number of these, Hootsuite, Buffer. Right. uh, There's a number of these sites and they basically allow you to manage your social media in a sensible way. And that's, you know, comes back to that razor blade comment. You know, we don't want to spend 10 hours a day on social media just because everyone's doing it. We want to do it, but we want to manage it and have a life and spend time with our daughter and cook a meal and go for a run and walk the dog on the beach and have a good sleep. Right. We have a life. So what Tweeps Map does, it's very similarly to Meet Edgar, but different in many ways. Tweeps Map allows you to manage where your tweets people on Twitter Mm -hmm. that so it's a twitter specific product and it allows you to find where your followers live which town Mm -hmm. why that's powerful is say for instance you say you know i don't know what time zone do my webinars say right should i do it at 11 o'clock because it suits me personally to get up late that day or should i do it at 8 p.m because all of my friends live in the uae Mm -hmm. so tweeps map maps where your tweets are Right. That's actually the, so. I know for sure that fifty-two percent of my followers live in the US. Fifty-two mm-hmm. percent, and only thirteen percent live in Australia. So why would I do my why most important content and miss out on that fifty-two percent? I have to factor in US time into everything right. I do. Right. Of course, I have to live at your webinar, for instance, is at 1 a.m. my time. I unfortunately can't go to that because I'm asleep. Oh, come on. You're but not going to stay up now? <laughs> I can't. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay. I can't stay up much past midnight anymore. So, um, you know, I, I now do my webinars and, and podcasts at about 10 a.m. my time, which is 6 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. So everyone wins. The Aussies win. The Easterners win. The Pacific people win and it also taps into South America and Mexico where I've got a bit of a vibe mm-hmm. and unfortunately my friends in the UK which represents 20% miss out so I do a different one for them mm-hmm. so tweeps map a number of other tools do this but they do it best is they allow you to segment where your tribe is I've mm-hmm. got 20% of my people in the UK that's a difficult time for me, so I have to factor that in somehow. Thursday nights, wife is at yoga. That's how yeah. I do it. 
And so I do my UK calls on Thursday nights at 9 p.m., which is 8 a.m. for them. So it works out to be good for them and not so bad for me. Right. And so Twitchmap has a number of really cool f- features. We can talk about this in another series. In fact, we will mention this probably in the in the upcoming video series. I don't want to bog people down with tools, but right. I think it's important to use some tools to manage it. Would you agree it's important to use some tools? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I think they need tools, and that was one of the questions. And I love it, but for those that um, maybe aren't understanding, because I didn't for a little while, what Keith is saying, we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's Tweeps, like Peeps, T-W-E-E-P-S, map. And it's all one word, dot um, com, correct? Dot com, yeah. And that is a place where you can figure out who's following you, where they're at, what time zones they're in. And it does help because, I mean, then you can be posting things. Now, that's where Meet Edgar can come in handy for me for Twitter is if I want to post stuff like when it's sleeping time for me, maybe an active awake time for another time zone, I could have a couple tweets going out during that time, but I don't have to be up managing it, you know, and then when I get up, then if there's responses and I can respond at that point. So that's why it's good to know these things and to know how to use them. Um, But just start with the basics of learning to connect with people, you know, but what words of advice and encouragement do you have for writers who want to use social media to market their books? And obviously Twitter is just, that's your specialty. Yeah. Look, let, but let's talk about social media in general. Cause I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an addict. For, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not an evangelist for Twitter. I, I love it and it right. works for me. But I think the best piece of advice is to try them all with an open heart. Mm-hmm. And you will decide which one works for you. Like I have read so many books of systems for other people that mm-hmm. worked for them and I thought this is just a genius idea and I tried it and it just didn't work for my flow. Right. So I think the idea is to come at something with an open heart. Please try Twitter if you're not using it. And if it doesn't work, I won't be offended. But we know for sure that there are 145 million people using it every day, which in effect is 145 million potential readers. Right. 145 million people, real people, are using Twitter every day Mm -hmm. to get the news about the latest inspiration, the latest piece of news, the latest goss, some maybe random cat videos. But um, there there is an engaged audience of real people there so I I can tell you for sure that it's worth trying but I I think the best piece of advice is to go at these sites with an open heart and level in on two or three Mm. and grow over time right I won't be offended if you don't like Twitter many people don't and they're still my friends (laughs) but I love it and that's why I teach it and if you want to know more, we've got a whole podcast series for this and we've got a whole video series coming out and we're building a community and we because we know the power. Right. And we want right. to share what we know, yeah? Right. And so the introductory series is called How to Promote Your Book on Twitter and we'll have a link for that in the show notes. It is fabulous and six short audios. So in about an hour's time, you can learn how to use Twitter. And we've, like I said, we, Sherilyn and I have been using these techniques and it's helped both of us tremendously. We're growing very quickly. So I don't know if we'll catch up to Keith anytime soon, but we, we were working on it. <laughs> so we, we, and, and the, and the point is not necessarily the followers as much as the great connections. That's what, Connection. we, that's what we want. So well, I appreciate it, Keith. And I thank you. You have shared some valuable insight for us. And I know that um, my listeners will find a lot of value in this and as well as in the courses that we're creating together. So thank you. You're for very, being- very welcome. It's enormous synergy here, just enormous synergy. And, and yeah. good. And can I say goodbye from tomorrow? Yeah, goodbye from tomorrow. (laughs) I'm already here. Come over. (laughs) I'm already down here. (laughs) And I said goodbye from yesterday. So, (laughs) you read? 
<laughs> it is it is a cool cool concept. I, I coined this phrase recently, tomorrow's ideas today. So I'm in tomorrow, you're in today. Yeah. But I'm 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 sending you stuff. I'm sending you stuff back because I've already been here. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Just blow mind blowing. Well, thank you so much. No worries. No worries. Hi guys, it's Keith Keller in Melbourne, Australia, and I've just had the great privilege of being interviewed on the Right Hour podcast. I'm very excited about the materials we're sharing there. I think it's very important that you begin with the end in mind. You know marketing is part of the puzzle now. It's 2020 and books don't sell themselves. So I want you to start thinking about building a community before you need them. We've got a six-part podcast series for that, How to Promote Your Book using Twitter. I've been doing this for years. I've got a system and Joyce and Cheryl Lynn pulled it apart in the, the, the podcast uh, today, but also in a six-part series that I'm very proud that we're now offering. So click on the link there. It's how to promote your book using Twitter. It's a six-part series and we work you through how to build a community before you need them so that when the book comes out, you can hit the ground running. joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.